This is Dead in Sports. We're going to move on to the, to the probably most talked about documentary outside of Tiger King this year so far. is The Last Dance. Um, covering the final championship of the 90s Bulls run. First thoughts uh, coming out of that. Uh, the They released the first two episodes. So first thoughts after the second episode. Wow. It was, for me, it was everything I thought it would be. And I can't wait to see the next one. I, you know, what's crazy is, you know, when we talk about it, I don't know how y'all tell people about it, but I don't say, y'all watching that Bulls documentary? I'm like, are you watching the Jordan documentary? Because that's really what it was. It was mm. Jordan and them. But it was it was good, man. It was good. It, it was it was what I thought it would be. Um, you know what was interesting, a thought that went through my head. Yeah, I, I definitely found it entertaining. Um, you know, most of the stuff, you know, I you know, knew. Um, but I liked the way they kind of put it together to to kind of set a narrative and to, to follow through with it. I thought it was dope, and they really building it so far early on around uh, Jerry Krause. Yes, um, and 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 that's what I've gathered. We'll see where it goes from here. But I love the backstory. I loved Pippen's backstory, man. And what I found most interesting is that the guys that are really really hungry are driven. When 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 you talk about getting it out of the mud. That, that's it. Like, you have to go through adversity. There has to be something in you that drives you to just be great. And it could be family. It could be, you know, as, in, as the case of Pippen, just getting out of the house, you know, to, to escape from the realities of his world and using that to drive him, taking a bad contract um, as well. And one thing that popped in my head when they were showing the 63 point game against the Celtics and was that people talk about that game, but oftentimes they never mention the fact that he lost. Right. Yeah. I, I forgot that he lost. <laughs> he lost both of those games, putting up 49 and 63 points. Yep. Yep. And, and when that Patson shot went in, I know that wasn't the beginning of him trusting his teammates, but it felt like it was going to be because they won the game without him. But, um, but yeah, I was just thinking, I don't know why that popped in my head, but, yeah, it's a great thing. But I would just imagine if that was any other player in today's world, Kevin Durant, Curry, whatever, LeBron, et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on, uh, people would definitely mention the loss, but they don't do that with Jordan. I think that's surprised to me that he really is held in such this high extinct, like this high regard, like, He's basically a basketball god that they don't even care about that. And another thing too, Ken, you know what you know what they failed to mention too is in those those two games that he scored a whole bunch of points and lost, they don't mention the game after sixty three. He only scored nineteen points and he fouled out. He got Damn. like pretty much DJ locked him up. Like you know he did a good job of containing him and he, and he fouled out. But they they always fail to mention that shit every time. But like you said, they they put him in so high regard that it's like oh sixty three points, a playoff record, like. But you lost the game. And it's amazing to me that – I ain't going to say amazing because I remember this back in the day too. But, like, the fact that they used to award player the games, no matter if the team or the, or the player won or lost. You know, usually 
Now, if you look in kind of recent years, you, you ain't going to be awarded player of the game unless your team won. But, like, Jordan was awarded player of the game. Right. Both of those games, but, and, they but, still, but, and they still lost. That's crazy. Let me comment on that. One thing about that, though, is if you look at it, the it wasn't just the people that felt that way. Bird said it. Bird said that was God that we played against. So when you got people on the court that felt that way about that game, that's why he was held in such high regard. So what just fans that said it was Jordan that did this, it was the, the, the opposing team that was saying, I can't believe this man scored 63 on us, and we couldn't stop him. So that's what that just talks about just how the, the mentality or the mindset of the media uh, was back then versus now, because now you have more voices mm-hmm. that's contributing to the conversation with social mm-hmm. media. You have the hot take media now as well yep. on the debate show. So I guarantee that somebody somewhere would point that out instead of like acknowledging what this guy was able to do, especially coming off a broken damn foot. True. You know? and, and, and I think the other thing too that we have to take into account in terms of context is that the shape of how we view what a successful career is or a dominant career in the NBA is was still being shaped, right? Because as good as Magic was and as good as Bird was, right, collectively they dominated the league, but individually they really didn't dominate the league. They didn't dominate commercialism. They didn't dominate a lot of those other things. So kind of when Jordan like we started to put into context what he was accomplishing, he became the standard because there was no standard prior to like, like there was no standard, like, okay, this is the goat. This is what you got to do to become goat status. We didn't talk about basketball in that context until after MJ. Because it was a lot about team. Right. And that was one of the things that bird said. They, um, it's almost like they knew he was going to go get his, because he was probably really all they had. But he said it. We just stuck to the game plan and we won. <laughs> and we won, yeah. I mean, you got to think. You got to think. This was the 86 Celtics. This is like one of the teams that's considered one of the top teams in NBA history, the 86 Celtics. So it's like – What is it, five Hall of Famers? Yeah, five Hall of Famers. You also look at their record. They were 67-15. and 15. The Bulls made it to the playoffs with 30 wins. Yeah, there was no. If the Bulls would have won one game in that series, that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. My my, one of my takeaways from this documentary is just the relationship between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Um, I love the fact that Jordan always says, "You, if you ever mention Michael Jordan, you got to mention Scottie." Like he always give him his props and how he couldn't have won those titles without him. However. During that last year, that season, he was he had his gripes against Scotty based off of him taking that surgery so late, um, based off of just some decisions Scotty was making. But from Scotty's standpoint, it was like I'm trying to be compensated for my time here, my, my role here. I'm one of the greatest players of all time. But you're my, only getting paid more than me. Exactly, and he said, "I'm like, how the hell do you sign a seven-year, eighteen million dollar contract?" Like, but you got to think, I mean, at the time, I, I give Scotty a little pass because, you know, with the situation with his dad and his brother, you know, he he probably saw that 18 mil and was like, oh, shit, I, I, can, I can do a lot with my family with this. But, yeah. yeah, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned, but I mentioned Jordan, but obviously he found out quick that that contract was shit. Right, right, right. And I mentioned right, right. Jordan's gripes against him for that. It's like, bro, you're literally the biggest superstar in the world right now. 
Like, you don't have to worry about some of the shit that I got to worry about. I would think that Jordan, based on their relationship, would understand that and and maybe even try to extend some help to him because obviously Jordan is a great businessman. He can somehow, some way, talk to management or something. He, I felt like Jordan could have done something, but he didn't. And business. he called himself. Exactly. Yeah. No. That contract didn't say Michael Jeffrey Jordan. It says right. Pippen. You know what I'm saying? So at That's the end, your boy, though. But it doesn't matter, though. It, he's my boy on the court. Off the court, in business, you 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 got to handle your own affairs. Like, you got, you, you're the one that has to be able to, you're the one that has to be able to navigate all of that, right? Because at the end of the day, like, what it look like if I'm KD, hey, Steph, you think I should, you think I should sign this contract? What? No, bro. You are your own entity. You need to handle your No, business. I'm talking about, I'm talking about as far as, you understand what's the holdout that Scotty was trying to do. Like Jordan has to go up to man. Just like remember when um I don't know if whoever did this for the Cowboys when Emmitt Smith held out, and then they were somebody went up to manage like bro, we need to get this dude in in the building. Do what you ever got to do to to make sure that he's Football's good. A little different though, because the contracts are not guaranteed. You can move money around. You you can do a lot of stuff, right? The NBA is a little bit different. If that's what he signed to, and you agreed to terms, when you agreed to terms. It is your job to be out here on this basketball court. I'm talking like I'm Michael to help me win these damn basketball games. You are under contract. You could have been, you know, taking that. I felt Jordan, but I also felt Pippen. Like I felt them. Like, hey, bro, I'm not gonna mess up my summer. Y'all, must, y'all don't even care about me like that. Exactly. I, I understood it. I understood both perspectives. If I was Scotty, I, I probably would have handled it the same way. If I was MJ, I would have I, I would have said the same exact things. Hey, bro, you should have been did that. You should have been here at the beginning of the season, ready to go. Yeah, eighteen million to a guy that, that probably was on a dirt road—that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah, can't see what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. To, to yeah, but I'm but you people you're... back then in the '80s, bro. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like look at Pippen and call it stupid. It's just like thinking, like Ken said, look at the situation he was coming getting out of. Yeah, that 18 million out of seven years. At that time, that shit looked like it was a lot of money. This was what 87, 88, or whatever when he signed that. That I mean. I can't fault him. Now his agent should have probably went back up and like, okay, let's let's read when they won like the first title or something. All right, let's go. Let's renegotiate some things here. Like let's let's talk some shit because this eighteen million in seven years. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Like this is towards the sixth title, so they've won five already, and he's still on that whack ass deal. Agent, I mean, at that point, yeah, it's all up to the owner too. If the owner says, "Look, this is what you are contractually." obligated to then you just got to do what you got to do if he's not willing to renegotiate and they, right. they said it in the doc like we already knew jerry Krause and the owner jerry reinsdorf this is your contract this is what you're gonna play for so going off of that this the first two episodes heavily criticized jerry Krause and just the bulls organization uh management level do y'all feel like he was bashed too harshly because oh i said i said that because because I'm looking at it from nowadays. We talk about the Bill Belichick thing. And yeah, I think someone mentioned in the doc that you'd rather get some rid of someone earlier than later. It felt like he was like, this run is going to end, and I want to catch it earlier before it ends too – before I can rebuild it, it's too late. You know what I mean? So I don't think that he got unjust uh, due, um, and, and I don't think that they bashed him too hard. 
I, I think it was very fair because he was the one after Jordan's second year is like, oh, okay, so he is legit. They went and got Pippen. They went and uh, they dropped the Pippen. They got Horace Grant. Like, like, like they started to make moves. Jerry Krause was the one, one of the first people to go overseas and actually bring somebody back that can actually hoop and Tony Kukoc. Um, so, so I think he got a lot of praise. Um, in terms of the Bill Belichick thing, moving off of somebody a year too early versus a year too late, Jordan was still, you know, it was funny. Me and my homie Nigel, we was just talking about this. Jordan and LeBron at year 35 were still dominant enough to not get rid of them. They didn't fall off a cliff. Jordan wasn't off a cliff. Jordan wasn't the young Jordan no more. He wasn't, you know, jumping two, three, you know, jumping over two or three people, yamming on people and stuff like that. But he was still dominant. Um, they were still winning. So to me, if I'm the owner and I'm the GM, I would take it on a year or two basis. I'm not going to commit long-term to guys that are 35, 36, 37. Hell no, that, that's dumb as hell as an organization. But we're winning. Why, why, why rebuild it for the next thing when we can possibly win one or two or maybe three more championships out of it? So, so not he, even, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Not even just that. He's putting butts in the seats and he's selling jerseys. He's selling merchandise. These, these people are making money hand over fist. Let him do what he do. Just let him do hey, man, how, however long you want to be here. Yep. So, so to me, like the whole Phil Jackson thing, I would have gave him, you know, one year, six million, eight million, whatever it would have made Phil Jackson happy. And I would have told him, I said, hey, we're just going to go year to year as long as we can keep the band together. Jordan, you want 33? You know what? Next year, I'm going to give you 30, but, but, I'm, but we got to pay Pippen, though. And we got to pay Phil. So, so if y'all want to keep it together, this, these are the, the sacrifices you're going to have to. I, I, as ownership and GM, I wouldn't have taken that control over. I would have been like, look, we are a great organization. And when I mean we, I mean the players. I mean us here in the office as well. I mean Jordan. Jordan. Whatever. All I'm saying is, is as ownership in the GM, I would have gave the power to the players and the head coach. My top two guys, hey, what do y'all want to do? Y'all want to come back next year? By all means, I'll give you a one-year deal, however much money, and I'm going to give Phil the same thing. But why would you why would you do that now when you've never done it before? Basically, I'm asking because he's the one who set up this whole thing, really. All the moves and even during this season, how he traded Oakley to Cartwright and all that. No, no, because no. He, the wait, hold on. The Oakley move was early on. It wasn't that it was like 86, 87, something exactly. like that. Exactly. It was after Jordan's rookie year um that he moved on from Oakley after Scotty's rookie year. Center. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty's rookie year. Exactly, Scotty's. Remember, he slapped Scotty. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so Jerry Krause made a <laughs> lot of moves, but in in that third three peat, or at least going to me, I just think that you needed to do year to year because obviously you weren't going to commit a five year contract to Michael Jordan at age thirty five. You but just weren't going to commit none of that, none of like extended period of time. And even Phil Jackson, you know the way he is, he only wanted seven years total with the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? But I think that the top three guys, Pippen, Jordan, and Phil Jackson, understood that we're winning because of those three right there. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if those three would have said, yeah, I'm going to come back next year. You want to come back? You want to come back? And they all would have said, we'll take one year deals. Then that, that, that's what you do. Because, because with those three guys, you are competing for a championship. And the first time that they lose, 
guess what? As management, now you have an out. You know what? We had our run. We won six titles in seven years, and now it's just time for something new. And nobody right. would have been mad at that. But right. because you're trying to force the issue when you're still winning and literally still the best team in the NBA, well, what, what are you doing? And, and I think what, what you were I, – I don't know if people are going to pick this up, but what you learned is that the players had no power. No power. None then. It wasn't a player's league. It was owners, GMs, that's it. So, you know, and as, as Kyle's pointing out in the chat, um, once you're in a, in, a, in a contract, there's no renegotiating and stuff like that. You, you know, the CPA – I don't re recall it like that, but he said it was pretty, it was terrible. So, you know, you were at the mercy of the organizations. So if they wanted Phil gone, then that was it. And it sounded crazy to me at the time. I was happy they were breaking that shit up because I was getting tired of the shit anyway. But, um, and, and, but, you know, even back then I felt, ah, you know, they'll win it. They'll change. They'll have a change of heart and come back. Nah, man, he was he was dead ass serious, and 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 that's what we got. But yeah, I think people need to kind of look at like how things really were back then versus how they are now, yep. and do a compare and contrast because I think you'll see how how really the advantage that the players are in right now. And then also, when you look at the fact that they wanted to move on from that Bulls team, what have they been since? Right. Yep, and, and that was that was another takeaway I had is that Kraus, you know, obviously coming from the baseball, uh, you know, sport where it is organizations truly, you know, he misjudged what um, what Jordan was able to accomplish as as one guy. Yeah, Kraus was great in building the right roster around him, but Kraus also may have been looking at that Celtics team that had like four or five, you know, Hall of Famers on that team. Um, that was organization driven. The Lakers somewhat seemed very organizational driven, even though they had superstars as well. But, you know, with the Bulls, it was MJ Pippen driven. And of course, uh, Phil Jackson, then there was everybody else that came along after it. The last thing I have is I thought it was interesting when Jordan did the interview. And even I forgot this, how the Sixers were looked at back then. They're often from what I recall and what I see now, they're not normally mentioned with the Bulls and, and I mean, with the Celtics and the Lakers back then, but it was interesting hearing Jordan say that, yeah, I want to turn the Bulls into a respected organization like the Sixers, Lakers, and Celtics. I thought that was an interesting soundbite. Well, because I, th I think that Dr. J was the first MJ. And I think that- Yeah, you know, that's what Scotty, Scotty mentioned that too. Yeah, so- I think that's kind of where that comes from. And then also you look at all of the legends that, that went through Philly. But Most I agree. Long, yeah. Like people don't necessarily talk about Philly at that level, but bro, they had Moses, that Dr. J. Yep. Um, Maurice uh, Cheeks. Was Maurice he Cheeks. He yep. on that team. They, they had, they had a lot Al of Greer. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. But yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I was saying is like, they, they're forgotten. They they're forgotten, but they were, uh, really successful franchise and won titles back then. One of the best. Because they weren't, they weren't necessarily, they were almost like pre-San Antonio where they never really won back to back. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't necessarily dominate like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they were dominant, 
Yes, they were a good organization. Yeah, they had Hall of Famers. But even Detroit won back-to-back. You know, they never won back-to-back. And I think that's kind of what hurt them. Yeah, Philly kind of snuck theirs in, in between the Celtics and the Lakers. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, one of the best quotes I got from the doc was uh, I forgot who said it, but he was like, I think Michael Jordan doing his job is better than anybody else doing their job in reference to Krause. So I think Krause, there is a lot to respect him for. Um, however, I do think he undervalued all of his, he was just basically like the old school way of base, basketball organizations being run. Like y'all mentioned, like it's, I'm the one who's controlling everything. I put this together. Y'all not winning titles before me. Jordan didn't win before me type stuff. Um, so I think he took he, – he had a big ego in that. Um, you him, though? Because I, that's, why, that's why I asked that question because I'm like, he did put this team together, and as a GM, you always look forward. You're always thinking this year and five years from now. And I, I, I don't I, – I do think that he overvalued himself, but it's not by that much. Like I, I think he sh- he should be. I, it's it's funny that I don't really know his name like that, and learning about everything that he's done is like why why isn't he spoken as like one of the fifth names when you talk about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rock. Like you know what I'm saying you go you know all these names, but Jerry Krause is like a name that you don't really mention that much. I didn't know that they just outwardly clowned a man like that. That that was interesting. Cussed his ass out and did everything like. I don't know many places where a black man can cuss out a white man and get away with it. <laughs> that, like, especially back then, that was that was yeah. crazy, man. Like, there's not a job I know where you can go cuss out your boss. Yeah, yeah, get away with that shit. He was like, he was like, uh, Cross, you gonna do layups with us? He was like, yeah. He was like, well, we gotta lower the rim. <laughs> yeah, man. Pippen cussing mm-hmm. him out to the point. Phil was like, hey, man, you gotta cut that shit out, bro. Like, that's that's insane, man. But you know. Uh, another thing that I thought was interesting and insane is that the, how straight edge Jordan was, or I guess try to portray himself, because he talked about that time he going to that room at that hotel and he see cocaine, weed, and women, and he talking about some I'm out. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, the, the, what I did when I was watching, I was like, let me go see who was on that team his rookie year. And considering how bad they were, I, I kind of got and understood why they were doing what they were doing. Again, it was just a job for them. They really didn't care. They were doing something they loved for fun, got paid to do it. It wasn't a lot of money, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, what something else that they could have been doing. And um, But, yeah, it was Orlando Wooldridge was on that team, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, somebody else. uh, I I recognize Orlando. I can't remember any of the other guys like that. I mean, I was freaking eight, you know, when Jordan was drafted, so – I don't recall a lot of shit back then. Yeah, I, you know, like one of the biggest takeaways that I, I, I that I had from this whole thing was um, the fact that the, the the mystique of the Bulls was so great that nobody outside of you know if if, if you were Associated Press or you know a writer or beat writer, so like, the people that knew knew, but to the outside. This was like unbreakable. Like I like growing up, I always thought the bond between Pippen and Jordan was unbreakable. Like they always saw things eye to eye. Like mm. just that 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 mystique. Like this literally uncovered everything. You know, and we're only two. We're two out of ten in. You know what I'm saying? And I and and obviously growing up, 
being older, I kind of knew that. But if I just go back to when I was a kid, because think about it, Jordan was drafted the year I was born. So I didn't, the Jordan I saw was the Jordan winning championships. You know what I'm saying? So when I turned six is when he won his first one. And that's when I started watching basketball. So I saw Jordan as the, the winner. Yeah, I, I didn't fully know. Exactly. I didn't, I didn't see all of the trials. You didn't see the trials. You didn't see the struggle, Jordan. Exactly. You know, and obviously being older and not having YouTube, I went back to go see it. But to, but to hear it and see it through his eyes, through his perspective, it was different. Like, it, it, that, again, that mystique, it was just like, damn, it, it, it was great, but it wasn't that great. Like, in terms of everything that was happening, you know, so that was very interesting for me. You know why? Because the media isn't the media wasn't what it eventually became. Because Sports right. Center wasn't really all that big at that right. time, so you didn't have um, this uh, statewide international coverage. You know, a lot of it was very, very local. So if you were in Chicago, you got those stories from the beat writers. Um, but if you were not, then you're not really going to hear that much of it unless you got like a. Of, of USA Today or whatever paper, even if they covered it on a on a wider scale like that. But yeah, a lot of it was local. But ESPN, when they came along, man, and and when Jordan really became a superstar, it started to change everything. And so now you started to hear not only news from the Bulls, but everybody else. Yeah. So you heard all those discontent and stories. And But back in the day, they were able to kind of keep a lot of that stuff silent. Yep. Uh, one of the last questions I got for y'all is, did y'all know like Phil Jackson how he w- had a theme? Was that was that uh, well documented that he themed every season pretty much? Even this one as far as the Last Dance. Mm-mm. I didn't know that, and I grew up in Chicago. I didn't. Know and, and to me, because I was like, that's that's interesting because it's like how they they all knew. It's, it's very rare that a dynasty knows when it's gonna end, right? that you all know like this is it enjoy it because after this we're we're done and for them to still execute from the beginning of the season with all the stuff and the craziness of business and contracts dealing the summer going all the way into the beginning of the season and how Jordan had to basically just redefine the Bulls for the last run to start off the year like how Phil was still able to coach through that and to me it, it added another layer of respect that I have for Phil as a coach as far as, like, with all that was beaten on him, he still was – I know they, they had that one scene where he slammed the door shut after a few losses, but still he, he sounded calm and, and that leadership role that you would want from your head coach. Like, I, I think that was just uh, something that stood out to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, think no, that, I agree. The point that B was making, like, you can't undermine the value – of a great coach because it's not just about getting on you. It's not about pointing out what you do good or what you do uh, bad. It's about having that calming factor because bro, in a basketball game and sports, whatever, whatever sport you play, you're going to be in situations that are crazy that are going to be emotionally, you know, all over the place. Um, And you need one or more entities. And typically that's your coach to be able to bring that calm factor. All right, cool. That happened to worry about it. This is how we're going to win. You know what I'm saying? And always instilling that confidence. And that's why Jordan didn't win before having Phil. That's the reason why the Lakers didn't win before the Kobe Shaq Lakers didn't win before having Phil. That's why Phil is who he is because in professional sports, 
it's more than X's and O's. It's about managing egos and expectations. And I can honestly say that in my lifetime, there has not been another coach, maybe Bill Belichick, that's been greater at managing egos and getting everybody on the same page to accomplish one thing. Yeah, I, uh, he's definitely up there for me. I don't know. I got to look at the list again, but yeah, I, I, you'll be hard pressed to find anybody better than Phil. Uh, any other last thoughts on the first two episodes of the doc? Or do y'all like where it's going so far? Like as far as how it's setting everything up? Yeah, honestly, you know, the, one of the main things that I like is how they show different timelines, right? Like different years and how something like in 98 was triggered by something in, in, in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? And there's something that happened in the 80s. You see, oh, in 92, like this was a direct correlation to that. Like I, I, I liked how they kind of jumped all over the place, but they kind of kept one line of sight. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was... Yeah, because really it, it looked like they're going to do that with the next episode, how they're going to tie in like wherever he was going with trying to get past the Pistons that mm-hmm. leads to the 97, 98 years. So I'm, I'm me as a Pistons fan, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that, how they going to talk about like the bad boy, the, the, his bad boy struggles before he had to cross over that hurdle to, to, to get to where he's at. So. And one more thing, even though, you know, B's birthday is the 30th of this month and it's canceled. Mine is the 26th and it's canceled. The fact that part two is coming out on my birthday, that's a nice consolation prize. I, I, I'll take it. So you would take it, huh? I'll take it. I can't <laughs> get nose, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm looking forward to that shit, man. Like, I mean, you know, as a basketball fanatic, as someone that's like a huge fan of basketball itself, I'm I'm interested in, in this documentary, no question. But as someone that wasn't really a fan of Jordan, I'm like, man, fuck Jordan. I'm like, fuck the Bulls. Fuck whatever, whatever. That's that's the like that's the half side. Like the half of me is looking at is looking at the other half. Like man, why the fuck you watching this? But then the other half is like, yo man, but you fucking love basketball. This is your love right here. Like so, like yeah, and like I like to see like the minds of great basketball players rather than even if it's players that I'm not really a fan of. Like Jordan, I want to know what, what what makes Jordan tick. I want to see what makes Scottie Pippen tick. Like what's gonna make Rob? Like I just I like seeing stuff like that and hearing players talk about that and getting their perspective. From certain situations, so and and even back then, he was talking shit about tanking. What we know is tanking, right? Now. What we know is tanking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, man, and always coming to play. Like mm-hmm. always coming to play. Like you know that somebody in that's in that arena, people or person, have never seen you play before. I'm about to go out and give it 150 percent every time. And even off of coming like an injury that could destroy his career, like when he broke his foot, like talking about how he would sneak and play with the with the college uh, athletes, and, yeah. like some pickup games, and how that yeah. increased. Like man, you just you you always want to hoop. You just all I mean you 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 live and bleed that shit. That's all you want to do. You don't want to take no games off. You don't want to take oh let me since we got a back to back. Let me go rest on this day. Like all you want to do is freaking hoop. And that's what that's what you gotta do. That's what that's what you are. You a hooper, you hoop. So I I love it, man. I love that. All right, that's all I got for us today. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, we appreciate you guys showing up uh, again to um, watch us while we're in the middle of this pandemic, man. Um, and um, yeah, we're talking about 
doing something for the draft live. So that's in discussion. So we'll see how that go. But uh, for now, we'll catch you guys next Monday. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe just in case we do go live because you never know. You don't want to miss never out. Know. Right. You so, never know. Right. It might pop yeah. up. You might get that notification. Oh, shit, we live. Mm-hmm. Turn, pop us on your TV, son. Don't watch it on your phone. Yep. <laughs> so we'll catch y'all next time. We out. Peace. Peace. Peace.